You can open your Bibles to the book of Acts. We're going to go to chapter 1 in just a little bit. It's going to be an extended intro here because we are starting a brand new series, a series on the Holy Spirit called Empower. Is there anybody here today you are excited to talk about the Holy Spirit? All right, I know it's Memorial Day weekend, but we're going to do this together, all right? We're on the same team. We're going to do it together, talking about the Holy Spirit. There's a quote just as we start by uh, A.W. Tozer. He's the first one to say it. It's been repeated many times by different people throughout the years. But it says, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everyone would know the difference. I'm grateful that we are a part of a church that not only serves God the Father, not just God the Son, but God the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. Does anybody believe that today? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's essential in our lives as Christ followers to recognize the importance of the Holy Spirit and God's purpose to reach lost people. That's what we're talking about today. The Holy Spirit has greater power. At the end of the series, June 15th, that Saturday, we're going to do an additional Holy Spirit retreat. If you're liking the next couple weeks and learning about the Holy Spirit, but you'd like to learn more, dive a little bit deeper, it's something that we do, a part of Alpha in the winter, in the fall, but we're going to add another one. And so you can go to rivervalley.org and find out more information about doing the Holy Spirit retreat that Saturday morning. I'm excited about that. The Holy Spirit throughout the Bible, think about this, and, uh, and even preparing for this message, I've never thought about this, that without the Holy Spirit, here's some things that would not exist. Without the Holy Spirit, there'd be no creation. So Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, ready to bring life where there was no life. The Holy Spirit is bringing life. And there's things in your life that you feel like are dying or are dead. The Holy Spirit, by the power of the Spirit of God, can be breathed in brand new life, brand new life. There'd be no creation. There'd be no universe. There'd be no human race. There'd be no Bible, which was inspired by the Holy Spirit, no New Testament, no power to effectively communicate the message about Christ. There'd be no way to have faith in God. The fact that you can even believe in God is the power of the Holy Spirit. No way to experience salvation. No way to live right, live holiness. And there's no humanity. There's no creation. He was there in Genesis and he's there in the end at Revelation. It says in chapter 22, verse 17, the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. We are unashamed, a spirit-filled and spirit-led church. Anybody grateful for the power of not just this energy out there, not just this, this mystical thing, but he is a person. He is our God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is what we believe. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. I was just, I just downloaded this new app and it's a, it's a meditation app, but it's a Christian app that reads, that'll read scripture to you. So as you're sitting there, it'll, it'll read scripture and it's got some nice, I don't know, spa music behind it. It's like, it's nice. But I took a little survey as I downloaded that app and, and three questions that I've never really, I've never really thought about this. I've been, I've been, grew up in church. I never thought about this. And it asked how, the first one was, how close do you feel to God the Father? 
In your relationship with God, the triune God, all three of them, how, how close do you feel like when you're thinking about who God is, do you, are you thinking through the lens of the Father? Said, how, how close do you feel through the lens of Jesus? How close do you feel to Jesus? And then the third one is how close do you feel to the Holy Spirit, who is God? And what's crazy is when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit now lives inside of you. But my guess, as my response was, is I'm, I'm mostly thinking through the lens of Jesus a lot of the times. But the Holy Spirit is inside of me. He's with me. He's empowering me. I want to feel close to the Holy Spirit. You can have a relationship with the Father. You can have a relationship with the Son. You can have a relationship with the Spirit because they are three in one. I love that. It kind of rhymes. It's nice. Good to remember. We're a spirit-filled church. We look at the Old Testament first. We will get to Acts chapter one. We're gonna get there, I promise. We look at the Old Testament and, uh, and what was it like back then? The spirit of God, because he was there at creation, the spirit of God, would, he would empower specific people. It wasn't on everybody. It wasn't for everybody, but it was for specific people to, to complete a specific task or, or to uh, spread a, a certain message that God wanted to get across to his people. And we see it in a guy named Joseph. And I'll, I'll read here, Genesis 41, 38 says, And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this? And whom is the Spirit of God? Joseph carried the Spirit of God. And, and, and he, had, he had the power even to interpret dreams. Like he, he had the Spirit of God living inside of him, so much so that he became the second most powerful man in the world. The Spirit of God is powerful. Not just in Joseph, but we see it in, in a guy named Bezalel. Bezalel in Exodus 31, 1 through 5 says, The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with the ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood to work in every craft. There's people here and you go, I'm an artist or I'm a craftsman or I'm, I'm, I'm a businessman, a businesswoman, whatever it is, whatever your craft is, whatever your skill is, whatever your trade is, whatever it is you find your hands to do in this life, the spirit of God can give you a cutting edge. This is a guy who crafted the Ark of the Covenant where the presence of God was and it took the spirit of God to build it. Whatever it is you're out there building, and it might be you're building your family at home, but whatever you're building, it takes the Spirit of God. This is not just a supplement. This is not just an add-on. This is something that is essential to our life as a Christ follower, is the power of the Spirit of God. I wish there was more than three people that believed it. It's essential. It's not just like, let's just take this little, vi this little Holy Spirit vitamin and let's get a little boost today. Like this is every single day you have been created with a purpose, not just to worship God, but to help some other people who have no idea that there is an answer to the hole in their soul. You need the Spirit of God to help get some other people saved too. This is why we're here, to worship and to get some other people worshiping as well so that we can all do it in heaven one day. It's our purpose on planet earth. The Holy Spirit empowered not just Joseph and Bezalel, but it, it goes on in the Old Testament, prophets and judges, and you see Othniel and Gideon and Jephthah and Samson, Isaiah and Joel, and it was specific people that the Holy Spirit would pour out his power and his gifts onto. But in the New Testament, some things start to change. 
Joel, the prophet in the Old Testament, chapter 2, 28 says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Today in 2019, we stand in the fulfillment of that prophecy that the Holy Spirit is not just for some. It's not just for the educated. It's not just for the right family name. It's not just for the ones that come to church every week. The Holy Spirit is available and accessible to all. What happened at the death of Jesus, the veil was torn. The temple had a veil between the outside and what was called the Holy of Holies the room where the presence of God was. And when Jesus died, the veil tore from top to bottom, symbolizing that the Holy Spirit, he left the Holy of Holies and entered the hearts of humanity. Anybody grateful that we don't got to go to a specific place? We don't have to come to a building. We don't have to go to Bible school to have the Holy Spirit, but we've got him because we've given our lives to Jesus. He now lives inside of us. He gives you a cutting edge. He gives you greater gifts. He pours out fruit in your life. That's evident, contrary to the world. We'll talk about it in a second. As I was doing this study, I've got a, a fire Bible that, that, um, that says this about what was to come. Uh, the, the, the new age, the new day, because it wasn't out on everybody, but there would be a day, what Joel said. It says, one day the Holy Spirit would come and be active in the lives of all of God's people influencing all humanity. That time finally arrived on the day of Pentecost, 10 days after Jesus ascended into heaven. And it was immediately followed by a great wave of salvation. Thousands were added to God's kingdom on that day alone, on that one day alone. You wonder what the power of the Holy Spirit will do? It's gonna help you get some people saved. It's gonna add people to the kingdom. And it said this, and the tide of salvation today continues to rise. People are giving their lives to Jesus all over the world and it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that people are sending the message, people are telling the message, and people are receiving and responding and saying yes to the message of Jesus Christ. Now we're at Acts 1. So it's the longest intro of all time. But let's read Acts chapter 1. And we're starting verse 4. I love this passage of scripture. It says, Jesus instructed them. This is before he ascended back to the Father, but after he rose from the dead. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about. If Jesus has a gift for us, listen, I want that gift, whatever it is. I'm gonna wait all day for it. I'll wait as long as it takes, but I'm open. I'm more than open, but I long and I desire, I want that gift. He says, wait here until you receive the gift I told you about. The gift the Father has promised for John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every time they were gathered, they asked, Lord, is this the time now for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He answered, the Father is the one who sets fixed dates and times of their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Bible says you will receive power and you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on the earth. You will receive power. Side note on this leadership, uh, Jesus is about to ascend back to the Father. 
I think this is the craziest thing of all time because we all read, we read self-help books. We read leadership books and leadership principles. We're trying to grow as leaders. Maybe you're here and you, you're in, in the marketplace and business world. Or you're trying to build whatever it is you're building. You want to be a better parent. You want to be a better spouse. You want to be a better businessman or woman. Whatever it is you're doing, we want to be better, so we're trying to grow. And so a lot of times we'll look as Christ followers, we're looking to the Bible for the best principles. And I was just thinking, right after Jesus talks about that, he starts floating and he starts ascending back to the Father. He starts leaving. Just think about this. They, there wasn't like the huddle the night before. Like the night before, they weren't like, guys, tomorrow's going to be crazy because I'm like, I'm going to be talking and then I'm going to start floating. And it's going to be, so you got to get ready. Here's what you need to do. Because in 2019, there's going to be people that need Jesus and, and it's on you guys. Like you guys have to do it right. Like there was no meeting. He's just talking, and he starts floating. There wasn't even hugs and kisses. Jesus starts going up. It's the worst delegation and empowerment of all time. And do you remember who he gave it to? These fishermen, the, these tax collectors, just these random guys that he picked up off the shore of the Sea of Galilee and said, come and follow me. And he empowers the worst of all time. How did it happen? It happened by the power of the Holy Spirit. They were filled. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they started planting the church of Jesus Christ all over the world. It's why you sit where you sit right now, because these guys were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just an add-on. It's essential to us doing what God created us to do. Even in the suburbs. We need the power of the Spirit of God. The title of this message today is Essential. It's Essential. Love for us to just pray as we get started, and I know I've been talking for way longer than what's normal, but l let me just pray. Father, I thank you that we can pray to you in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. The fact that we can talk to you is the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, all around us, with us. And so we thank you for that connection and that relationship. Lord, more than any amount of information today, I pray that you would draw our hearts close to you to be open to what you have for us. And beyond that, beyond just being open, God, I pray that we would desire more of you, more of your power, more of your love, to be Christ-like in this earth, to bring you glory and to reach more people. There are people right now that do not know you as their Lord and Savior. And it's going to take some people right now under the sound of my voice in this room and watching online. It's going to take people that are filled with the Holy Spirit helping reach more people for you. So I pray that we would desire that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Uh, have you ever been asked this question? Um, if you were stranded on an island... What's one thing that you would bring with you? You've been asked that question before? Like sometimes it's like, I don't know what, it's like an icebreaker. It's like, what's kind of like what you, what you like? And somebody's like, I, I, I'd bring a TV so I can, it's like, why would you bring that? It's like, or somebody said a watermelon so I could plant more watermelons, eat water. It's like, I love watermelon. Here's another question. A different way to phrase it is, what is absolutely essential in your life? Like what's, what's something you could not live without? And when I was asking myself this, I was thinking, man, I, I think it's my cell phone. Like I, like I need my phone like to commit, like don't judge me. <laughs> so spiritual. Uh, 
I was thinking my cell phone so I can keep in touch with my family, so I could respond to emails, do my job, like I got, like, like stay connected to what's happening in the world through cell phone. But there was a day, there was a day where people didn't have cell phones. But somehow I live today and it's essential to my life. Like there was a day they didn't have cars. They had to like feed horses and keep them alive and clean up after them so that they could get into town. My mom rode to school, elementary school, on a horse. Like that's not even that long ago. She's not even that old. I'm just saying, like what you think is essential may not be essential. There was a day where you had to go to the bathroom outside of your house. What kind of days were those? What's essential to you today is not really essential. It's just an add-on to your life. It's just nice. It's comfortable. You live more comfortable than royalty hundreds of years ago. It's not essential to your life. When we go places to a restaurant or, or uh, we go uh, to a, a friend's house or family's house or wherever we're going, we'll, we'll bring our children. Praise God. We don't leave them at home. They're real young. We'll bring our children, but I'll, I'll be, say, Adley, let's go. She's our four-year-old, and she'll, bring, she'll say, can I bring a stuffed animal? Can I, bring, can, I, can I bring my blankie? Like, I want to bring my blankie. And we'll say, like, no, because like, we're going lo- to lose it. Like, how many things have we lost because we brought it from home? Like, it just belongs at home. You can use it at home. You can sleep with it. It's great. And, and what's her response? What's the child's response? But I need it. But I need, Dad, I need it. Please, I need it. And it's like, you don't need nothing. Like, you don't need that. We're going to lose it. You can leave it at home. What we think is essential is really just an add-on. It's an added comfort. It's an added benefit. But the Holy Spirit is not an add-on. The Holy Spirit is essential to, for you to do what you've been created to do. Anybody believe that the Holy Spirit's essential to our life? We came to church today. A little bit old school. It's all right. Side note, we, uh, we, had, we bought a broken washer. This is not in my notes, but, but a, we, we bought a washer, and it was brand new, and, but it was, they delivered it, and it was broken. It's insane. It was like if you put a bowling ball in a washer, but there's no bowling ball in there. We have the video to prove it. It was like, like destroying our utility room because it was shaking everywhere. I should call Dave Dudley. It was crazy. We bought it from, we bought it from a, um, a hardware store that's like the, the nicest one, most fancy, um, and, and we're never going there again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so we said, hey, we're returning it. It's broken. We bought it brand new, but it's broken. We'll return it. We'll get rid of it. And so then we went to the one that uh, my wife and I, we grew up going to. Kind of the one that's been around for a while. Different hardware store. And we were in and out in like 15 minutes. Bought it, and they delivered it the next day. It was the greatest experience of all time. And uh, I'm not trying to promote like one or the other, but let's just say we saved big money. And it's awesome and it works. All that to say is sometimes, sometimes we want what's modern, we want what's new, we want what's flashy, we want what's comfortable, we want all the, all of the flashing lights of comfortable church and how far do we have to walk and what's the parking lot like and is this going to go longer so I can get to my reservation? Sometimes we want that. Well, we need to go back to the old school days like the early church full of the Holy Spirit. It's essential to our life. It's not my notes, so we're going way long. Reschedule your lunch. I'm kidding. Three points here today. The, the first one is the Holy Spirit was for the, old, the early church. The Holy Spirit was for the early church. They needed it with the amount of persecution, with the amount of challenge. With the, they, they had to get this thing started so it would go on to 2019 today. And there's many examples throughout the New Testament of people being filled with the power 
power of the Holy Spirit. And there's one example I want to share. And it's, it's a story about Peter. Peter's one of the disciples. And he's the guy. He's very zealous. He's very passionate. At, at the arrest of Jesus, he cuts a guy's ear off. Like, that's crazy. Which, if you think about it, like, how just the ear? Like, how did that happen? And Jesus heals this guy. It's crazy. Like, yeah, he missed for sure. But it was, it, this guy was crazy. But on the most crucial day when Jesus is about to be arrested, uh, it, it, there's people that are saying, aren't you one of the Christ followers? And if you remember the story, if you've been in church any length of time, you would know he's the guy that then denies Christ three times. Denies him flat out. Nope, never, I don't know him. I don't know him. I'm not one of his followers. Not, it's not me. It's not me. But he had seen Lazarus raised from the dead. He had seen miracle after miracle after miracle. He walked for three years with Jesus. And now in the most crucial moment, he's denying Christ. Where does he go on after that? After the death of Jesus, he goes back fishing. He goes backwards in his life. He goes, it's over. I don't know what happened. And then he gets filled with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. After Jesus rises again and he ascends back to the Father, 10 days later, it's the day of Pentecost. And Peter is there and he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And no longer is he the guy cowering or denying or going backwards in his life. You may be here today and feel like you've taken some step backwards. Maybe you're here today and you go, man, I know I've been created for more, but every time I have an opportunity to, to share with a neighbor or to make a difference in the workplace or to talk about Jesus with a friend or, or to challenge a family member that knows I love them, to, to challenge them higher, to go higher. You feel like you've been cowering or you feel like almost like you're denying, like, like do you even believe this? And you need the power of the Holy Spirit just like Peter. And so Acts chapter three, Peter and John, they're going to the temple and they find a guy that can't walk. And if you know the story, the guy's begging for money. He's not asking to be healed. He's just begging for money so that he can survive. And Peter walks up to him and says, which side note, let's be aware of what's in our way while we're on our way because half the time, what's in our way. God wants you to be used uh, to make a difference for his kingdom. Let's be aware. So Peter's aware. He didn't just walk over the guy. He's aware of what's in his way. And, the, and he goes, I don't have any silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And so that, you might think, oh, there's the boldness. That's, the, that's not even it. They then get arrested for healing this guy in the name of Jesus. And this is not just the mall cop or the temple cop that's there arresting them. This is like, the, th these are the same dudes that murdered Jesus, that hung him up on a cross. And now they're standing in front of the religious leaders, the same guys that crucified Jesus. And they're interrogating him. And they know their lives on the line. And Peter, the once that was saying, I'm denying Christ. I don't even know him. He has a different response in Acts chapter four. Starting in verse eight, it says, Peter filled with the spirit. Answered, respected elders and leaders of the people, listen, are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well, then you and everyone else in Israel should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today completely healed. You crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that you, the builders, have rejected, and now he has become the chief cornerstone. There is no one else who has the power to save us, for there is only one name to whom God has given the authority by which we must experience salvation. It's the name of Jesus Christ. A little different response. By the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And I love this response of the council members. It says, the council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. Then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. There's people in the room and you feel like you don't have the right education. You haven't been set up right. You're not a part of the right family. You, you just feel like you don't have the right gifts, the right talents, right? It's just, it's, you just don't have it. You just feel like I'm not enough. I can't, I can't do it. Whatever, whatever it is. I can't, God created me for a purpose. I understand it, but I just can't do it. I'm in over my head. And the fact of the matter is filled with the Holy Spirit, you can. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you. He wants to pour out the fruit of the Spirit on your life, the gifts of the Spirit on your life. The Holy Spirit was for the early church. And the Holy Spirit, for me today, as a pastor, I actually, I really believe this stuff. Sometimes I know, I understand, like, like oh yeah, but I get it. Like, you're just, te- you teach what you have to teach, but, but like, what has it made a difference in your life? And I learned some stuff as a kid that was powerful. I learned about the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when, when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and he pours out the fruit of the Spirit. It helps you live in a way that the world doesn't live. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And sometimes I think about those words and those are weak words to the world. Gentleness, really? Gentleness, like when I'm building and growing and going after and getting more and getting it, I'm going for it. I'm, I'm, I'm hustling. I'm working hard. Gentleness, kindness, self-control. self-control. What about the world we live in that says, live how you feel, whatever you feel, live your truth. Like if it's good for you, then go for it. Just do it. But half the time in my life as a pastor, it feels like my feelings are contrary than the Word of God. And I need the Spirit of God, the fruit of the Spirit, to help me in self-control to live the right way. That's what the Holy Spirit will do, help you live the right way. I didn't just learn about the fruits of the Spirit. That's awesome. The fruit of the Spirit is amazing. And it shows up in, in love. Look at your enemy in the eye, love. On your worst day, your worst nightmare, having peace. What? Not just the fruit of the Spirit, but also the gifts of the Spirit. I learned this at a kid's camp, and they explained it in a way that my mind could, could understand at that age. I learned it young, and, and I'm going to explain it in the best way I can at that most simple level. I learned the difference between the moment of salvation and the Holy Spirit living inside of you, which is called the indwelling. When you give your life to Jesus, He lives inside of you. It's an amazing thing. He's a comforter. He's a head lifter. He'll bring you joy bring you those, the, the fruit of the Spirit. He's awesome. He'll convict you when you did something wrong. That's a good thing, by the way. The indwelling, he's made his home inside of you. Give your life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Beyond that, though, there's another separate and distinct act of the Holy Spirit called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me read this to you. In 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11, it says, For example, the Spirit gives one gift, the word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives the word of revelation, knowledge. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of faith. 
To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of healing. To another, the power to work miracles. And to another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, the gift to discern what the Spirit is speaking. To another, the gift of speaking in different kinds of tongues. And another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as He chooses for each believer. We believe that the gifts of the Spirit are active, alive, available, and working today in 2019. We believe it, and we want it. We want the power of God in our life. We want the gifts of the Spirit active in our life. So we say, God, pour it out, whatever you have for us. By the way, Jesus Christ is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it to the disciples, and he can do it to you even today. He's the one. And if Jesus is baptizing in whatever, I want it. Like, I want, if Jesus is doing the baptizing, please get me in the water. I want the gifts of the Spirit. I want the power of God evident in my life. Beyond the fruit, I want whatever gifts he has, I'm open to it. And these gifts have changed my life. Just personally, I, my, my wife was, was nervous to go on a global team. She's like, I'm not going on a global team. And I said, I said, if you sign up for global team, I just had, is the gift of faith rising up in me. The, this assurance, like it's, it's covered. And she chose the most expensive global team. Praise God. But I had this assurance. Like it was, a, I, it, it was the first time I can point my finger to gift of faith. I said, God's going to make a way, maybe through extreme sacrifice and selling some stuff or through a miracle, but God's going to make a way. We're going to make it happen. He's going to make it happen. I just know I've got zero ounce of fear, concern. I'm not even worried about it. And somebody randomly came up to her and paid for the entire trip. I'm not saying that happens all the time. I'm just saying that's gift of faith has changed my life. When I have that feeling, I had it coming to Apple Valley. I, when, when the conversation was happening, uh, I, when they asked me, it was like, I know that this, I know that I know that I know that this is what God's doing in our life. Like zero concern, zero amount of hanging on to where I was before. Like I just knew this is what God was doing for us and our family. And I was excited to be here. Speaking in tongues, I know it's like a cryptic thing, but why do we speak in tongues? Because it edifies. The Bible talks about it. it. It builds you up. It lifts you up. It's praying the perfect will of God. I do it all the time. Did it before walking on this stage. Sorry about it. Not sorry about it. I love it. It changes my life. I do it in the car. I do it in the shower. I do it at home. I do it over my children. I do it with my wife. I'm, we believe in all the gifts. And it's changed my life. I used to, I was a singer and I used to sing and get solos growing up. I studied music and I started at this church eight years ago as a worship pastor. And I would get solos at a young age and I would be crippled with fear. If my parents were here, they, if my parents were here, they would testify to, to me crying and crying and crying in fear. I don't want to do it. I can't do it. I can't walk out there in front of people. I can't do it. And now I find myself in front of people all the time talking. And I used to sing in front of people all the time. It's the Spirit of God that has given me a different type of confidence, a different type of assurance, a different type of boldness. We are all about this. We can't be a church that if the Holy Spirit was gone would operate the same way. We need to be a church that if the Holy Spirit was gone, all of this is useless. Youth, we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. We're not just here looking for warm fuzzies. We're looking for the miracle working power of our God. We need it in our life. It is essential to our life. We can't do it without it. As we close this service, I'd love for us to bow our heads and close our eyes. There's people here. You've never given your life to Jesus, which means right now the Holy Spirit is not living inside of you, but he is active in your life. Because the Bible says the, the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us of our sin. And he draws us in to be able to say yes to the message of Jesus Christ. 
And I believe right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to people around this room. You've never given your life to Jesus. He's speaking to you saying, today is your day. This is your moment. This is why you're here. This is the real deal. This is not just cryptic, mystical, spiritualism. This is real. I am the creator. I am God. I am pulling you in saying, say yes to me today, 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 today. There's people you've been running from God and you know this is true. And today's your day to come home. If you're here with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I won't call you out, but I'm going to count to three. If you'd like to give your life to Jesus, if you believe in your heart and you're willing to pray it out loud in just a moment with the entire church saying yes to Jesus, making him your Lord and Savior. If you believe it, you're here. You're going to give your life to Jesus. Today's your day. When I count to three, would you lift your hand and you can put it right back down. But just saying, today's my day. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Ready? One, Jesus said that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Two, when you make this decision, you are a brand new creation. The Bible says that the old is gone and the new has come. If you're ready for something new, you want to be a new creation. You want the Holy Spirit living inside of you all over this place. Three, lift your hand in the air across the room. Just look across. Yes, 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 yes. Amazing. Amazing. Anybody else just looking across saying, today's my day. I want to give my life to Jesus. Yes, incredible. Incredible. This is why you're here. In just a moment, you believe it in your heart. We're going to pray it out loud with our mouth. And at this moment, it is the spark of salvation. The Holy Spirit, he left the Holy of Holies and he's entering your heart right now, making his home in you. Would you pray and repeat after me, church? Everybody in the room say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've fallen short. Please forgive me. Today I receive your gift. The free gift of salvation. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Church, let's stand to our feet. Let's celebrate. There's a bunch of people in this room giving their lives to Jesus. Come on, would you welcome them into the family of God?